Chapter Four of Entrapped by Alice Mangold Deal. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. After a sleepless night, young Andrew Quarles went below to see how the doctor had fared. Entering the dark, dismal dining room, he found it empty. He stood gazing in ghastly misery at the chamber which now would be tenanted for the future by whom the squire had told him often and often that he was his residuary legatee with a certain proviso which he had said would not be divulged until after his death this was before zoe's appearance before his meeting with her a lovely fascinating girl with beautiful wistful eyes before his pleading for her to be admitted to her rightful home when the squire had grudgingly acceded to his request and zoe took her legitimate place in the household he had also pleaded being already passionately in love that the squire would make a proper provision for her by a codicil to his will this he knew had been done then had come the revelation to mr quarles of the love between his adopted son and his niece followed by a burst of anger the banishment of himself his abrupt recall that letter to the lawyers and the awfully sudden death of its writer as he remembered the letter he wondered with a qualm whether it had been posted good lord if it has he exclaimed his knees knocking together cold drops of sweat on his brow he began feverishly searching the room the thing may have been forgotten in the rumpus was his thought he had looped back the heavy curtains and opened the shutters that the light might aid him when as he was groping on the floor under the dining-table thinking it might have fallen there he heard footsteps and an exclamation and scrambling to his feet saw mrs slee as he rose up behind the table she screamed then she apologised you shot up like a ghost sir and of course one is all of a tremble like in such a awful position i'm certain sure the doctor thinks we're all a parcel of murderers and have killed poor master nonsense mr andrew it ain't nonsense there's never no nonsense about when doctors won't give certificates and will have crowners quests poor miss zoe knows that poor dear i've been in with her since three i couldn't rest thinking of her all alone poor lamb and in such trouble i feel almost as if she was my grandchild you see sir or poor mother avin been with me from a baby till she run away i went to her and she do groan it's enough to break one's art to ear her she oughter see the doctor sir but ow can i arsk her to when he's agin us all i'll give her a little physic as a doctor in broadhurst once give me when master was that difficult i thought he was bound to go out of his mind and i didn't like to tell dr bird she's asleep as quiet as any baby now andrew impatiently paced the floor watching mrs slee tranquilly folding back the shutters and drawing down the blinds which once white were now a light brown with age he felt that he must find out what had happened to that letter yet when servants were presently to give evidence at a legal inquiry concerning the tragic death of their master it behoved those who valued their reputations to be cautious on guard if not indeed wily this inquest seems to me the most outrageous proceedings lee he began as the housekeeper turned after completing the decorous arrangement of the fourth and last window leaving the view completely hidden by the blinds while daylight came in feebly but with a certain determination to be felt through the close union and particularly asserting itself through its myriads of tiny holes we must stick by each other like grim death it is all we can do for we three you 
i and miss zoe are all in the same boat what do i mean that dr bird's refusal to give the certificate casts an imputation upon any one of us mrs slee cast down her eyes with a sad smile not me sir she said shaking her head with evident conviction not so long as master's last will stands for that'll show what i've done for him all these years it'll open some people's eyes that will you won't understand what i mean now mr andrew and i ain't a-goin to tell the squire's secrets to you nor to no one else after keepin of them all these years but when you do ear that will read as i'm sure i ope you will you will ear something as has never entered your mind afore or i'm very much mistaken did i post that letter to them lawyers sir i never set eyes on it since miss zoe held it up in her hand if you remember it was just then that susan came rushin hin tellin us she found him dead overcome with emotion mrs slee hurried away she left her young master more in the throes of torturing fears than before firstly there was evidently something she knew relating to the man whose adopted son he was that he himself did not know a fact which was distinctly disquieting secondly there was presumably somewhat in squire quarles's last will which would completely exonerate mrs slee in the eyes of the coroner's jury from being party to his being poisoned if they happened to take it into their heads that it was not either a case of suicide or of misadventure thirdly there was that letter of the squire's to his lawyers what in the name of heaven or the other place had become of it he had no rest until a few hours later he heard that zoe was awake then he crept to her room for the first time she refused to see him oh please go away was all the reply he obtained when at his wit's end he boldly opened the door half-way and asked her in a low voice what she had done with that letter she moaned i don't know pray go away and that was literally the last time he heard zoe's voice until the day of the inquest for she kept her room and her bed although she would not acknowledge herself ill nor allow dr bird to be summoned Dr. Bird had had a long and exhaustive interview with his chum of days gone by, Dr. Chinnery, the coroner who would sit at the inquiry into Mr. Quarles's sudden death. The little man was genuinely grieved that he felt such inhuman suspicions, and, with the most kindly intentions, tried to put the case before his old friend in its best light, although honour obliged him to produce the letter he had found, the squire's note to his lawyers expressing his intention of altering his will dr chinnery had taken kindly to the idea of suicide until he read that letter then he questioned and cross-questioned dr bird in a manner which sent the village medico away almost despairing although he did all in his power to conceal his emotion from the coroner as well as the fact that he understood the drift of his inquiries and was straining his wits to fence them which of them is it or can it be both the medical practitioner asked himself as he drove home no human being could or would possibly suspect mrs slee she was his nurse and would be flayed alive for any one of the family but good heavens we cannot expect the truth from her for people have seen a girl about the place too often she must be a subtle liar to have had a daughter or someone belonging to her concealed in the house so constantly without quarles's knowledge no if the truth comes to light it will not be through my good slee as the squire used to call her he drove up to his house and leaving the gig to go on to the stables avoided encountering his wife and some possible summons to rush off somewhere to somebody's baby 
he suffered much from ignorant mothers especially when first-born infants were in question and let himself quietly into his surgery to make up physic neglected through that sudden summons the previous evening to the court as he turned to shut the door a man rose from the bench placed there for the accommodation of messengers waiting for patients physic and pulled an imaginary forelock well my man and what is the matter with you genially asked the doctor recognising one of the late squire's undergardeners this ere doctor replied the man who was red-haired and had narrow shifty eyes and to the doctor's astonishment he held out a medicine-glass which to dr bird looked like that which was missing from its case in the dead man's room at the sight of it the little doctor saw stars as if he had had a blow on the head he gave a huge gulp as he recovered himself which he devoutly hoped had escaped the bucolic's attention and what is it he blandly asked oh i see a medicine glass but i assure you it is not mine thanks for bringing it me all the same i know it ain't yourn sir said the man with rough disdain it's the glass wot the squire were poisoned with i eared from my gal one of them maids as there was a foine set about findin a glass and i was a-walkin just outside them windows where the bedrooms is when i saw somethin glitterin under them laurels i goes and picks it up and it's this ere i'll show yer the spot i made a long scratch on the wall with my knife besides a prunin of a bit off the shrub it wore under it weren't the squire's winder it were under neither it were the young lady's this glass may have been lying there for months my good man exclaimed the doctor with as much contemptuous depreciation as his sudden discomfiture would enable him to assume take care what you say or you may get yourself into trouble before you know where you are the glass the squire was poisoned with indeed he added witheringly you smell it doctor it's ad that stuff in it what the squire give me to poison our yard dog old nero when he was that bad mr quarles couldn't abear to see of him a sufferant no more he says i know ow to poison animals yer see how long ago was that impatiently asked dr bird alive with a sudden wild hope that the contents of the bottle he had foolishly trusted his patron with might be thus accounted for oh last year well i can't smell anything but laurel in this glass i expect it has been lying under the laurel bush through the rains and the odour of the leaves has clung to it that is all my man is there anything i can do for you no sir thank ye mumbled the man with a wistful side glance at the glass which the doctor had with a natural absent manner put away somewhere behind the counter but as you don't seem to set no store by that there glass perhaps it may be the young liddies and er give me something for finding of it the next minute he was somewhat sheepishly going down the road leading from the surgery and the doctor's stable-yard his right hand in the pocket of his working breeches and in that hand a half-crown when he reached the road he took it out and looking sulkily at it spat upon it ye may think as he's bluffed oi but he ain't he sullenly murmured if i'd a taken of it to she er'd a give me a quid and if i'd a said as i meant to tell of ow i seed the young squire and she a kissin and a cuddlin er'd a forked hout and set i and suki hup for life that er would as he was dubbing himself a fool for his pains dr bird was turning over the glass with horror in his kind blue eyes 
it was just the thing a girl might do in a frenzy of fear chuck the thing out of window he miserably thought it seems a mad idea to suspect her of being capable of planning such a diabolical murder for if murder it is those keys and the bottle must have been secreted oh that people should be born and live capable of such atrocities why don't the little devils of babies come into the world labelled so that they might be drowned nature has made a mistake somewhere he locked up the glass resolutely for his fingers itched to fling it on the hearthstone and batter it to powder but such a proceeding would only convict him of suspecting that a crime had been committed he told himself suki as her lover called the maid-servant who had found her master dead in his chair must be well aware of the important find besides the man himself would be a damning witness alone if i want to save either of those young people or both my game is to stick out for suicide he told himself whether it is or whether it isn't don't much matter if she did the thing he taunted her until she was mad mad as a hatter End of chapter 4